And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premier podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. Uh, we have another very special episode with you. This time, I'm talking to comedian and funny person, Adam Caton Holling. He's got a new comedy special. I, I swear if this... If this Every single time. I use the iPad. I plug it into the Zoom. It's got a very stable connection, but there's always a pop if I leave the iPad mic activated. It's ridiculous. Uh, that's my problem, not yours. Back to Adam Caton Hall and Wallpaper. The comedy special. Now, it came out December 8th. Only exclusively for now on 800-pound Gorilla Media. You go over to the website... You pay, you name your price as low as $10, as high as 100 You can watch it on your TV. You got the rental for 30 days, up to a year if you don't click out, if you don't click on it just yet. And you get a digital audio album with the purchase. Now, I like 800 pound, Gorilla Media. I like Adam Caden Holland. They pay well together. On January 18th, you can find it wide release everywhere else you get your comedy stand-up specials. Now, Adam Caden Holland, if you don't know who he is, he is a comedian based in uh, Denver. I believe Denver. Yeah, Colorado. You've seen him on things like Conan, WTF with Mark Maron, uh, Comedy Central Presents, At Midnight. Do you remember this show? The Meltdown with Jonah and Kumail. Uh, three, the, the last three were from uh, Comedy Central. Um, I don't think Comedy Central does presents anymore. And they used to do something called... I mean, they did a follow-up show. Just a renamed version of the show. Uh, stand-ups, or, I think. Something along those lines. Or the half hour. The half hour. That's what it was called. And, I'd, and you know, I still watched it. Because that was at a point where you started seeing comedians from... Uh, now this kind of newer generation that you know that Adam is part of but like this newer generation you would see uh newer comedians I liked it I think they should continue doing it but they're no longer doing live action things but at midnight's coming back <laughs> so there's that <laughs> you know in the meltdown with Joan and Kamel man just another there's like a lot of great stand-up shows on Comedy Central Adam Caton Holland again as I've mentioned he's already done a bunch of albums but now this is going to be his first video version. <laughs> video version. <laughs> and he's performing all over Denver uh, this December, as well as at some point in January. Adam is, uh, is, 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 is a very funny comedian. If you don't, if you follow comedy, and this is what I hate, people who follow comedy, who say they, who say they follow comedy, and then they go, and then I'll, and then I'll name... Somebody I've talked to, I'll be like, oh, yeah, Adam Caden Holland. They'll be like, who? And then I'll be like, you don't know this person? And then they'll, they'll, then they'll name, like, uh, Chuckles Mick uh, Lickbutt. And I'm like, who is that? He goes, oh, he performs at the Potato Hut. I don't know where that is. That's, is that a local place? Like, has this person? No, it's my friend. <laughs> you don't like comedy. But I do. I it's it's, it's so insane to me. Anyway, I uh, I I, beca- I became privy to Adam uh, because I listened to him on uh, um, uh, uh, Never Not Funny. 
He's a very like I just enjoyed. I enjoy that show, and uh, anybody who can make me laugh on that show is definitely welcome to talk to me. <laughs> he also hosts a podcast called The Growlix Save the World with Ben Roy and Andrew Orvidal. Uh, and yeah, just go see him, man. He's a very funny guy. Enjoy this. Enjoy this interview. If you wanna, if you wanna uh, support him and follow him on uh, Instagram, he's at Caton Holland. Facebook, Adam Caton Holland comic. TikTok, Caton Holland. Twitter, if that's your thing, Caton Holland. YouTube, Adam Caton Holland, where you can see him uh, uh, some some shots of him doing some standing up comedy. There we go. All right, uh, enjoy this. Enjoy this inter- interview. As I was gonna say, enjoy the comedian. <laughs> but that didn't work. Enjoy this interview. Wallpaper, eight hundred pound Gorilla Media, December eighth, wide release, uh, January nineteenth. Adam Caden Holland. If you like what you heard here, if you want to see a video version of this interview, go to youtubecom comedy where you can also see me talk to other comedians as well as watch video versions of our other podcasts, including LinkedIn Logs, which is the job podcast, and Late Night Lately, the Late Late Night Show Show, which is the Late Night Show podcast, if you could believe it, by the title and the tagline. Uh, Tell your friends, social, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, X, at C plus comedy, follow me on those platforms at Chad Black White. Thank you for listening, and here is Adam Caton Holland. Are you, you're in uh, Denver, right? I am. Yeah, I'm in Denver. Okay. That is uh that's I think that's one of the the biggest things. I I'm a I'm a fan from uh, Never Not Funny. That's 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 where I first uh, heard you from. And so I, I retain like small things, obviously sure. about people you hear. And, uh, and I, re- and I, when hearing that you were Denver based really stuck out to me, cause then that made me think, Oh, the, the comedy scene there must be huge. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's, it's growing all the time, but like we have this one club comedy works. That's this crown jewel of a club. So it doesn't hurt that every comic, you know, com- comes through that club. So mm-hmm. we have this, a really I would say top five comedy club right in our backyard. And that's my home club. That's helped a lot, but now there's a big thriving indie scene and mm-hmm. it's, it's good, man. It's it's it punches above its weight for what you would think comedically. Like it's a really strong scene. Is it, is it tough telling jokes that high above sea level? <laughs> I've been altitude training my whole life. It's no problem. <laughs> you gotta, I, I, uh, I box with a, um, uh, an altitude mask. So, uh, I get it. I understand. How's an altitude mask work? It just like deprives you of oxygen. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's the same thing that Bane wore in uh, Dark Knight Rises, sure, and sure. it just you know you just turn it you you turn the switches on. You can turn it as restricted as you want, and Whoa. it makes your body basically ask for more air, and you can't give it to it. So you have to go. All right, this is what you're gonna get, and this is all you're gonna get. You're gonna have to have like you know. At safe words with yourself where you're just like i'm tapping out like i'm like i can't go any further yeah this is so it's so often that when i end around i'm just i I flip the thing open and i go this is what air feels like why do i deprive myself of this yeah it's pretty great uh, i was born here i don't have any choice it's just how it is
Yeah. Well, how, how, uh, how is it like, like leaving home and then traveling to all these different places? I mean, obviously it's the same thing for LA and New York and Chicago comics, but when you, when you come back home, what, like, what do you take away from Kansas and Iowa and all these other small or crappy States that, that probably don't have as thriving of scenes? Um, I mean the same thing any comedian would, it's just like you get your road stories and you, that's the best part about being a comic is traveling and seeing parts. I would never have seen as much of the United States as I've seen if I wasn't a stand up comedian. I've been, you know, you just wind up all over the place and it's cool. It helps. Uh -oh. I've never, obviously it's like, it's quick to tell horror stories, but I've always enjoyed the small cities what uh what has been like a state or a city that really just took you by surprise for anything even if it's food hmm lately i'm high on milwaukee isn't that weird you just like yeah. get these cities that honestly comics are so transparent if people show up to see me in numbers then i like the place <laughs> like it doesn't yeah. matter it could be a horrible you know roadside stall but if there's 100 people there that want to see me i love it um, but Milwaukee's cool, but just cause it's, you know, it lives in the kind of shadow of Chicago. It's got a great food scene. It's got all these old sort of German, you know, hot dogs and beer and sausages. And it's just, I like, I've always enjoyed Wisconsin generally. Um, Portland, Oregon is a big fave too, but that's, that's no surprise. Oh yeah. I got, I have a friend who is a, um, a reporter in Portland and, uh, we were just talking today and. She likes it up there. She really loves it. She loves the, like, especially doing outdoor stuff. I was looking, I'm a nerd. I always look at air quality. I don't know why. <laughs> the, you got the app on your phone. Yeah. And I was just in Portland and I checked, I was like, I haven't checked Portland's air quality. It's phenomenal. I was, yeah. every time I've been to Portland, I, I've realized they've got great air. So that might be <laughs> something. You should go train in Portland. You'd kick ass. I, 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 I'll try that next. Um, <laughs> I like, uh, I like doing the, speaking of apps, I like doing uh, Zillow in different places. And that, oh, that yeah. I would probably never live and just and like not even looking for the most expensive or the cheapest, just looking for something like in the median where you would go, oh, OK, maybe maybe I'll check that place out. It's crazy how invasive you can get. My wife is a Zillow head as well. Mm -hmm. And so we'll just be driving and she sees a home and suddenly we're in that home and we know what it costs. And the <laughs> last time it was sold and she's she does that all the time. It's pretty yeah. cool, but it's pretty weird. 20 years ago, that was not anything even you know you, you have to wait for it to go on sale go to the open house if you're curious about it but yeah now you can just go into any home you want and and just knock knock on someone's door and go hey i know this is worth six hundred thousand, and you bought it for four hundred thousand. you know back here's a here's a bag of cash let's do this right now we don't need realtors we got this it's insane uh tell me about uh wallpaper this is I, i'm reading right now sure it, it is the it's it's your what six release but your first video one yeah, so I've done a, you know, I've been doing comedy almost 20 years, which is crazy. Um, and I've done a number of albums, but the only thing, the longest thing I've ever done was a Comedy Central half hour mm -hmm. that was, you know, video. Yeah. And so this is my first full hour that's filmed and big three camera shoot. And, you know, it's kind of wild that it's taken this long to have this for myself. But yeah, it's the first hour long thing I've ever done. And, and I'm real, real proud of it. Well, yeah, you know, it, it it's strange that it's taken this long, but also it probably came at the the right time. I mean, you know, imagine if if 
I've I've spoken to comedians who they're within the first three years they're doing comedy they put out a special and I think you're not ready and I but you yeah, know, yeah it's, it's for something sure. like that so for sure. but for you I I mean you know this this still is a, a triumph for really like anybody too yeah it's a big it's a big deal to put some out like this it's an ambitious thing and it's fun to have you know a big crew come and believe in your vision and help you execute it so. I'm really, I think it's the right time for it. And I'm, I'm really proud of it. You know, I, part of like this Denver existence is kind of with me, it's always been just like, if you have an hour and it's good, you work on the hour, you put the hour out and then you get to the next hour, put the hour out. It's just kind of this like worker ethic to comedy that I've always had. So I'm always got the next album in mind, got the next album in mind. And I guess I never really cared whether it was shot or, on a streamer or whatever. It's just like, well, I, if, if people aren't doing that, then I'm still doing my thing. So I've always just kind of operated that way. And it was fortunate that 800 pound gorilla was like, yeah, let's do it right when I was ready to do it. And it worked out great. Yeah. I, I really like 800 pound gorilla. They, they do a lot of great work with a lot of great comedians. What was the hardest part during production, like production wise of putting this all together? Um, I want to echo what you said. I feel like they're tastemakers. You know what I mean? I yeah, feel yeah. like in comedy right now, the streamers are what they are and there's, there's certainly good people getting on there, but there's also, it's also sort of like, I feel like they're not breaking new people the right. way that the 800 pound gorillas and, and even just YouTube are mm -hmm. like, if you're more of a in indie comedy nerd or, you know, a big connoisseur, you're going to find more things going that route than you are just popping on Netflix or whatever. But anyway, that's that's my high horse. Um, the the biggest challenge shooting was like, so there's this great theater in Denver called the Bug Theater. And I do a monthly show there with my friends. And it's just where I feel at home. Mm -hmm. And it's a 110-year-old, you know, 200-seater old Nickelodeon. So there hadn't been a lot of big shoots in there. And they had to sort of find a way to cram all that equipment into the theater and this guy, Alex, who runs it, who's my buddy, he was removing rows of chairs for us. And, you know, it was really sort of just wedging in as many cameras and lights as we could into this tiny space. But it looks great. And I said I wanted it to look warts and all. I don't want it to look like, behold, this stage. I want you to feel like you're in a yeah. sort of gloriously run down old little theater, you know? The uh, I, I know that uh, uh, higher ceilings make for the, the laughs disappear up there. What, yes. Were you what, like, did you ever want to put a lot of those seats back that they took out and said, let's uh, let's try to get more, <laughs> get more people laughing there. The weirdest part was this curtain, right? So the stage is huge, huge. And because they do at proper plays there, they need like depth of space. Okay. Yeah. And there's a big red curtain in the back. And, you know, it just looks like a classic old theater curtain. Mm -hmm. But because there was so much space, we had to reproduce that. 20 feet forward so we had to order this like old curtain put up pipes and just string it so we cut the stage in half otherwise i would have just been like lost back there <laughs> um but i just it's so funny like the artifice of things it was just, like a big expense got to yeah. import this curtain got to mount this curtain now suddenly there's five guys whose job it's the curtain is like this is hilarious for a bunch of dick jokes yeah, you didn't want to uh, be be one of those. Speaking of indie comics, you know, uh, putting their own things out. You don't want to be somebody who is just playing around with the the space behind behind you. I mean, I would have used it, but like my buddy Rory Scoville, he would have made that the whole yeah. show. One hundred percent. You know, I had I had this hour. I wanted the hour. I, I don't need. I, I didn't need to 
go goof around in the back of the stage. It, it'd take me off off the eyes on the prize, you know? Yeah, Rory would have put a piano back there, like all the way deep in the back, and then he would have walked 20 minutes to... Rory's not doing well. He'd live there if you'd let him. You have to throw him out of a theater. He, he will stay. Look, look, that's that's how it happens now. Um, what, <laughs> so the rumor Rory is living in theaters right now. He's been kicked out of his house and like he just tests the goodwill of theater for like people let him crash for a month. And they're like, you got to go, dude. This is weird. Yeah, that's that. Uh, that's what that Babylon money uh, does to him. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Uh, what? Uh, so when you were preparing for this hour, did you know coming up that this was going to be the like the thing, like the the hour that you shoot? So like, you know, I, I have two kids one of them's five, one of them's two and a half. Now at the time of taping, the one was three and one was not even one. So of course, father jokes, parenthood jokes are coming out of me. But at some point I was like, oh, wow, I think I've got an hour that's about parenting. And then you start looking for connective thread. And then you start having this crisis. If you're me being like, I don't want to be a dad comedian. I want it to be yeah. funny. I don't want this to be like kids say the darndest thing. So it's like now it's got to meet my criteria of like, can anybody enjoy this? And is and, and does it all have the same sort of theme? And truthfully, once I started sort of having that eureka moment of like, oh, there's fatherhood and there's enough material. And how do we connect it? It all came together really fluidly. It's funny how you just sort of vomit out what you're thinking about. And often it is thematic and you just have to find that connective thread. So once I started thinking that, I was like, oh, wow, I got the hour. And then I quickly reached out to 800 pound and they were like, sweet, let's do it. And uh, it came together pretty naturally. Oh, shit. So you reached out to them. Well, I had done something with them the year before. Okay. During pandemic, I had an album called Hot Takes, which was like all political, like yeah. current shit. And they put it out and it was great. But uh, I, they were like, if you ever want to do a special, let us know if it's ready kind of thing. And mm -hmm. so I like reached out and said, I think I, I think it's ready. And then they agreed. Wow. I, I, I wouldn't you like, you know, I, I would probably be someone that I don't, I don't do comedy stand up, but I think it'd be, I would be somebody who would just jump the gun on that and go like way too soon when they're like, Hey, we, you ready to go? I'd be like, yeah, let's do it right now. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> or what are you going to shoot next week? I'd be like, I guess. <laughs> well, it's funny. You were mentioning earlier people who do albums and stuff too early. Dude, embryonically, like maybe two years in, I did a special called uh, Dick Jokes for Artists, which I still think is a brilliant name. <laughs> That's a I got to bring it. I, but I shot that. I did it too quick. I, I want to bring that name back. I'll do volume two sometime. Yeah. But like, I can't. I'm sitting in my garage office. There's 200 copies of the DVD of Dick Jokes for Artists over there. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you don't want to you don't want to jump the gun. You learn over the course of your career. Hey, wait till you have something real good. Yeah. And it's it let it bake a little bit and then bring it to them. And so I think that's just a maturity of like doing this for a while, sort of knowing that opportunity ain't going to go away. Just get the get the set ready. What's in a name? Dick jokes, Dick jokes for artists. I mean, that's that's it's hilarious. Pretty, like, it's a good one, right? Like, what, I got to put out volume two. I'm telling you what I like. I how do you how do comics come up with names because i don't know if i could david cross had what bigger -er and blacker -er to to take it's off so funny it's rocks. so good so so what like how how does a name you know and in, 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 encapsulate everything that's in a special like something like wallpaper or or any of the like yeah i don't know i mean like i feel like some are better than others 
um, like Jake Johansson had one called this will take about an hour. That's so great. That just <laughs> couldn't a be a better title. title. I had one like Adam Caton Holland performs his signature bits. That's funny to me. Good. Good. I uh, like that one. Yeah. Some are better than others. Wallpaper. I like, cause I, you know, it's kind of thematically like, like when you're a dad, you, I, I have a joke about you become, there's four members of my family and I'm the fourth most important person. And that's just like, you become the wallpaper of your family. So that sort of just seemed like a good theme to do, but I don't know. Sometimes it hits you like dick jokes for artists way too early and you got to bring it back 18 years later. Yeah. You know, what? 18 years is a good amount of time. I don't think uh, people, and then like you could, you could resell those DVDs and I'm telling you, so if, if wallpaper hits, like I need it to hit these DVDs are going to be, <laughs> and for anybody who held onto their DVD players, have I got a scorcher for you? Yeah. Hey, look, I, I would be someone to buy it. Uh, Dude, I have like swooping emo bangs. It's so <laughs> 2006. It's it's just perfect. It's it great. opens with a, a song that's interpolating uh, My Chemical Romance. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Fallout Boys just hanging out. They're like, it's <laughs> yeah, the coolest yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. What What's the uh, music scene like in Denver? It's pretty great, actually. You know, there's a lot of bands lately that have popped big like mm. i'm not trying to name drop but here i'm gonna name drop i'm, I'm real good friends with like nathaniel rateliff and the night sweats dudes oh, okay yeah. and they're huge they're yeah. selling out stadiums and and the drummer pat and i we're we're bird watching buddies we go bird watching he tells me crazy stories about their wild he's like yeah and then paul simon dropped in and did it like when i was kind of coming up wow. the knock on denver was like it was sort of there's no re we, we'd root for people that didn't deserve it like they'd be denver famous but not talented enough to make it on the mm -hmm. national scale and i was always kind of a hater i was like look i'm glove i want denver to succeed as well but these people need to be as good on a national scale yeah, to really yeah. pop and lately you know a number of bands have done that like night sweats and lumineers and this band tennis is, is really great and i know yeah yeah they're cool they're they're comedy i'm friends with them as well they're they're comedy nerds um, so there's been a number of bands popping nationally that I just love because I've since I've been a kid, I've been like Denver on my shoulder, like ride or die for Denver. So any any success for anyone from Denver is still small town enough to be like, yes, that's my dude. Like you always root for Denver people real hard. What are the uh, the music venues like there? Are, are they you know, I mean, I'm in Atlanta, so we've got okay, sure. any number. We've got the the Variety Playhouse, which sometimes has plays, sometimes has music. I saw Brandy Carlisle at the Fox Theater, the same place I saw Sh uh, Chicago, the musical. Um, and then there's also, what, uh, Beyonce was at Mercedes-Benz. We got people playing at State Farm Arena all the time. How do, right. how do, how do yours uh, stack up? Pretty well, because Denver is the biggest city in a six eight state radius you know so as if you're a touring band you always kind of had to tick off denver um on the way so so we have you know ball arena which is where the nuggets play and they can bands yeah. play there but there's also red rocks which is that big outdoor amphitheater that oh, every yeah. band wants to play and so that's sort of a legendary spot yeah and then we got all the small theaters there's this great street called colfax which is just like you know, Playboy back in the day called it the wickedest street in America. And it's all these weird dive bars and motels. And it just goes forever from the mountains to Kansas. Mm -hmm. um, and there's number of little venues and you can kind of watch a band play the bluebird, you know, a, a 300 seater 
Then they go to the Ogden, an 800 seater. Then they just move down Colfax. So yeah. if you're a fan of a band and you catch them on the rise, like I saw the white stripes at the Bluebird, at the Ogden, at the Fillmore, onto Red Rocks, like because oh, I just wow. caught wind of them early. And you can sort of watch a band ascend through all the big venues of Denver. I'm uh, I'm partial to we we have a newer venue that's owned by the same people who do variety called the Eastern. And uh, it's it's great. I mean, it's in a it's in a neighborhood. I can bike there on our uh, path. I can walk there or whatever. Um, but it is since it's so fairly new, it's just kind of got the sheen to it. And everybody yeah. that's playing there is like I said, like you can go see Kesha for like twenty five, thirty dollars if you catch the right ticket price. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I think that's so cool. Or you can see uh, the night sweats there. Uh, for the same amount of money and, and and it'll still be packed to the gills and i i, I love places like that uh you, but similarly you, you know, reminded me there's a place that just opened here like that called mission ballroom okay which is like you know state-of-the-art beautiful sound yeah. and they can float the stage so if the band doesn't fill it out they just move it halfway in and it's that oh. intimate experience but yeah i saw you know death cab for cutie just did their big Postal Service nostalgia tour. I went there. I saw I seen Wilco there. I saw Wu Tang there, and it's exactly what you're talking about. It's like two thousand people, three thousand people, and they don't jack the price up for the tickets. You just kind of got to get it if you can. Yeah, those are. I love that. What uh, do you prefer to see, smaller acts or bigger acts? Now I'm like I'm 43, dude. So like my learning of smaller acts is pretty limited. You know what I mean? I'm not as yeah, like yeah, ear to the, and I got babies. So it's like ear to the ground is not like it used to be. Yeah. Of course I prefer a little act, but I just, I don't have the radar or the time to, to develop that radar that I used to. So yeah. if a cooler friend is like, come with me to this thing, I'm like, got it. And mm -hmm. I go and do it. But me finding those gems on my own is, uh, <laughs> I, got, I got too much Paw Patrol on the brain to figure that shit out right now. Hey man, I, I understand. It's, uh, I, I like for me, like I'm, I'm 30. And so I'm still, I'm, I'm kind of losing that edge of myself where everything I heard from, like I got tennis from, uh, uh, NPR, all songs uh -huh. considered. And, uh, so, uh, it's, it's like, it's either, if it's not on that and if it's not on Sirius XM on any one of those uh, 3000 channels, that exactly are going my head then i go exactly All right, I, I missed it this is not siri xmu they keep they give me the cool new stuff <laughs> yeah. but it's funny like you'll get there if you haven't got there already but these bands that you saw when you were a teenager and just lived at the altar of uh worshiped at the altar of 20 years go by and that album that you loved is now 20 years old yeah. and they do the nostalgia like hey we're celebrating the 20th year of this album yeah. and you're like yeah you got my money as a teenager you can have my money now and so it's just kind of like you just get a ride the same stuff you were listening to as a kid again yeah. Yeah. and you know i'm having a ball doing that i've seen a lot of <laughs> anniversary shows and it's it's great i love an anniversary show i also love it when you like new kids on the block teams up with four other bands from that time period and they don't have all of their artists or, you know, someone's sick and too old to move or something like that. That that's definitely uh, something I enjoy. Danny's in a wheelchair with an oxygen tank, but they're bringing them out and they're doing it. They're step by step. And when I saw um, uh, Paul McCartney last year and he, he went to Knoxville and uh they that was when they introduced a john lennon ai song and oh, right, i right, was right. 
so concerned. I I didn't I, I I didn't know how to feel about seeing that happen at the exact same time. And then later on, he uh, Paul McCartney played Bluebird by himself. The stage rose like 20, 30 feet in the air, and he was on this thing by himself. It was big, but very concerned to see a 79, 80 year old man up there. Dude, I uh, saw Blink-182 this summer and they had this rig where Travis Barker, the drummer, they just lifted it up with the drum set and he's hovering above everyone. And it was, I mean, maybe this happens every night, but it felt like it was tipping forward. You know what I mean? And it's just (laughs) like, uh, you know, this is a dude who's survived plane crashes and stuff. And I was like, good for you for being willing to be lifted above the the other two every night. But they held on. The drunk stayed. He was, was great. He uh he just played on uh, a Peloton uh, uh, class and it was dude, it was Uton dude Uton I I I rode in that class you I did? saw that one oh yeah with Kendall I know yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm all about that Peloton yeah yeah me too I did uh, I did I did two classes this morning every every leg day I do two classes uh, dang yeah I feel like uh, Mark Marin with Peloton and be like hey who are you guys <laughs> who do you ride with <laughs> okay you know I I got this I got this um, yeah. I. I have I have a lot of issues with Peloton and I wish that they would kind of just focus on teaching a lot more. I feel like we we're we're getting a lot of talking that's yes. not focused on things and uh there's and I and I work out I work out a shit ton. I I yeah, you're Peloton boxer, is, you take this seriously. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. this is my supplemental stuff and I don't yeah. want and but I understand people are not everybody is that way. Uh but I I do think that Matt Wilpers is just hands down the best they have. I mean, okay, this guy can teach. He can do tread stuff. He can do bike stuff. We can have fun along with him telling me why my uh, quads need the sprint. And like, that's, that's important to me. Uh, On the other hand, I am uh, fully in love with Kendall and every, (laughs) every woman I've dated in the past three years going on four has known that. So that's very important to me. Uh, Ben Aldis, uh Leanne Hainsby, sure. Dennis Morton. Sure. Dennis for his music choices. He has really good Dennis music. Dennis has good music and he knows his stuff. Like he did the Atlanta or Southern hip hop one. Yeah. And he knew like every song. He was I was like, all right, this dude knows his stuff. Yeah. Yeah. When you can when you can talk about classic rock and hip hop in, in such a way and like really not just like know the Wikipedia facts about it, we're we're cool. <laughs> That's funny. Now, what about you? Who are the people you enjoy? I've I've ridden everyone you talked about. Kendall, I like, although I wish Kendall Kendall needs to stop singing. She needs to stop. <laughs> she'll sing and she'll be like doing a harmony that's different. It's like, what are yeah. you trying to harmonize? Like, stop, Kendall. Uh, but I like her because she kicks my ass. I like different people than you. I like you like Wil- Wilpers definitely teaches. The rides I've done with him, I'm like, oh, I need to be pulling up versus pushing down. I'm thinking about yes. like cycling technique way more than usual but i'm not looking for that necessarily i'm just trying to sweat and burn some calories so it's like i like uh i like cody rigsby he makes me laugh cody's hilarious cody's hilarious um i like alex toussaint and if i really like i like sam yo sam yo's got a chill vibe but he works you hard like i'm always surprised at my numbers at the Mm -hmm. end of a sam yo ride so those are those are my peeps yeah you and me both it's uh I, I I I enjoy it. I love Peloton. I'm all in. Um, I lost a lot of money in the stock, but you know what? We're, we're going to bounce back at some point. <laughs> I'm also just fast. It's just a hilarious world. Like they all have got their books coming out and they're yeah. all stars in their own right and their own little yeah. brands. And it's just a funny, I don't know. It's a funny little 
microcosm of, of to study. I, I think it's hilarious. Do you know Allie Love has a? She's on the Today Show as a contributor. I did know that. I did. Yeah. I just learned that. Yeah. Yeah. I work at a CNN, uh, and in the control room, we have you know all the TVs on, and I will see on the Today Show during the, the our morning show. I'll see uh, Allie Love up there hawking, you know whatever uh the health thing that she's covering or you know doing a story and i'll just think i took you this morning and <laughs> and you and you miscounted when we were running or when we were cycling <laughs> it is sort of dystopian in a way it's like here's the machine in your basement that you work out on and these are the people we've decided you could look at and yeah. now go follow them around society <laughs> yeah. it's like it's a little uh 1984 but i'm here for it yeah it's insane i well i mean you know speaking of that we as a comedian you have to have now what 20 different uh social accounts you gotta for sure all, all this stuff is is so crazy to me it's it's very hard very difficult I, I mean like to point someone towards one place where you know tiktok is now the popular thing but your website has all your tour dates and then now you have to right. put all your tour dates on instagram and right. with that one link that they give you i i just it's it's tough for me like if i i imagine like if i was a comedian i would be you know, I, I, it's already hard enough to clip out something from an interview like this and then put 30 to 60 seconds on TikTok. So I can yeah. only imagine doing that for literally everything. It's a little weird. And I, I like truthfully, I feel like I'm in like the second stage of my career, like the first start first part of my career the goalposts were different. You know, it was a, like I was I, I wanted to be a new face in Montreal. I wanted to do Conan. I wanted to get a Comedy Central half hour. I, I had a TV show. All these things were like the traditional success metrics. And then in the last like five years or so, social media has really been like, who cares? What are your views? How are you? Blah, blah, blah. What is the numbers? And then so it's like it took me a while to stop being an old man yelling on my lawn like it used to be different. I, what is the TikTok? And, and just being like, you're going to get lapped, dude. So play yeah. the game a little bit. So I do it as much as I can. Like, like I have a TikTok and it's doing pretty well. I don't know how to access it. I mm -hmm. I don't have it on my phone. Yeah. I pay someone to post clips for me, and fortunately, I I in a position where I can. Not a ton, but just enough that I don't have to deal with it. One hundred. So the one thing I want to be like playing the game, but on the other thing, I'm a dad, dude, and I don't want to <laughs> yeah. be like sorry, like sorry, boys, dad's filming his talking head video and trying to get the right text on it. Like Ugh. it's sort of a pathetic look for a 43 year old dude. So it's just I'm trying to balance while also trying to put out real good stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's uh yeah, you can either yell at it and be be passed by or you can dabble with whatever level you're comfortable and I'm trying to do that. Yeah. I, I see I see that with uh, a lot of comedians, you know, yeah, you are very lucky, very fortunate to to put to be able to go this th I'm gonna pay somebody else to do this because yeah. I just can't like it it would it would it would it would break my heart to be, you know, a great comedian and then also not have pay attention to even Instagram reels at this point. Right. I'm fortunate, man. I've I've lived a creative life and it's provided for my family and it continues to do so. So like, do I want super mega fame? Yeah, it'd be amazing. I'd love to play stadiums like my dear friends that are playing stadiums. Yeah. But it's just kind of I'm to the point just philosophically where I'm quite grateful to be living a creative life. I feel like I've kind of cheated society and it's working. 
So yeah. I, I'm just trying to operate from that place while putting out good shit and hoping more and more people come in and it, it's working. It's, it's, you know, past years sort of seen this growth that I'm like, okay, this is great. So I'm really excited for this special to come out and, and see more people to see stuff, you know? Yeah. I think, um, uh, the level of fame to aim for, for, for any comedian would be, uh, yes, yes. The Kevin Hart, the selling out stadiums would be great, but the, the Mark Marin like fame, just a little bit under that because he, he, he said something very funny about, uh, that Netflix guy, uh, Matt Reif. He uh-huh. said, you know, or he was talking about handsome comedians who don't really have jokes. And then he caught himself. He said, Oh shit, this is going to be on the internet, internet isn't it? Cause he was just <laughs> at a, a having a conversation, but, I think, uh, you know, right below that, because he also I, I watched Genie last night and he was in it and I didn't know on Peacock starring Melissa McCarthy. And I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, this is a this is this is good for him like that. that, that he that's gets exactly a lot of cool roles. Marin's one of my absolute favorites. We're we're friendly okay. and I love watching that dude work. He inspires the hell out of me. And I think he had it. You know, he went and started that podcast because he was done with comedy. He's like, yeah. I can't I'm I'm broken and I'm can't can't do this anymore so he went to the garage and started a podcast and it it did a lot of things for him but i understand where he's coming from where it's kind of like i don't know what to do anymore like i don't know what i'm I'm cranking it out i can't pop like fuck it i'm going to my garage and starting a podcast i get that for sure and guys like marin and gary goldman and dana gould and these guys that are like in their 50s and beyond Mm -hmm. and continuing to get better and better and more profound like I love that about comedy. It's even though we're living in this clip age of bullshit, you still, these masters are, are having hours into their fifties, sixties, seventies. And I don't know any other really, you know, music's not allowing for that unless you're the Rolling Stones or Paul McCartney. So I like seeing that and I'm, it inspires me and always makes me want to be better, you know? And you know, what also comes with that is like writing books. Marin has what, three or four books. Gary Goldman just put out a book. I like, I would love to see, I like to see what comics can work with on the page. Totally. Yeah. Um, I, I put out a book and I agree. I'm a, I'm a writer as well. And, and I think it's, it's weird. Comedy is the guys like that, these high intellects, this profound philosophical stuff, and also the dumbest shit ever. And you can, and you can sort of get mad. Like, why is the dumbest shit so popular? And that's not so popular, but my friend Jonah Ray, who's a comedian and, yeah, and a great, great guy, you know, I'll bitch and moan about this and that in comedy as any comic does with their mm-hmm. buddies when you start getting together. And Jonah's just like, it's just like music, dude. It's like these dudes play arena cock rock and you're an indie rocker. So yeah. stop comparing yourself to those dudes. You don't do that thing. And I was like, ah, I never thought of it that way. But yeah, there's just genres of comedy and styles of comedy and society sort of deems some better than others or more popular, but whatever, you just play your music and find your audience. Yeah. Speaking of guys that know music like crazy, that Jonah Ray is just, I like, I, I, I couldn't, I, because he has a music podcast too, right? I think it doesn't do it anymore, but he knows everything. Like we're, we're pretty good friends. And anytime in LA, I was like, you want to go to the record store? And I'll just be like, what should I get? And he, he's like, here's three. And they're the best records I've you know bought that year. He knows his shit for sure. How big is your uh, collection of records? Yeah, not huge. Probably a couple hundred. 
Jesus Christ. You could probably go 100. That's insane. I mean, uh, there's a bookcase back there that has all of my Blu-rays and my TV shows. And that's a, there's got a couple of hundred, including the digital stuff, too. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Good for you for holding on to that. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm I don't know. I, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, anytime you go traveling, you go to a record store. It's typically in a cool area. There's a cool bookstore. There's a cool coffee shop. So it's like that's kind of my hack traveling is where's a cool record store. And inevitably, it's in a cool neighborhood you want to be walking around anyway. So yeah, I tend to tend to collect when I'm on the road. Hey, look, the more power to you. I, I like I like people holding on to physical things. I agree. I agree. Yeah, too much stuff is like it's supposed to, you can get it anytime. And then you're trying to find the movie or the TV show. And it's like, well, I can't it's not streaming anymore. Or yeah. it costs five bucks to rent every time. It's not yeah. a perfect system yet. Might as well. Um, well, Adam, thank you for your time. It's wallpaper. And then the the the. The video will be out December 8th, and then it'll stream everywhere January 18th, right? Uh, exactly. It's like for purchase December 8th, and then everywhere for free January 18th. That's okay. exactly right. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, 12 days away from that holiday that everybody's celebrating. So uh, get your friend or loved one a copy of, of Wallpaper digitally, and who knows how long it'll be up there. Jesus Christ exactly that's the scariest part Uh, thank you so much for sitting down and talking to me I appreciate it I hope we can do this again for the next release too hell yeah I appreciate it thanks for taking the time yeah you're very welcome you have a good rest of your week All right, you too All right, see ya